Uh, hello. Hi. It's me, Molly O'Brien, half of And Introducing, coming at you today with another bonus episode. That's right. Cash back. I don't know why I keep saying cash back as a, as a thing. I don't know where that came from, but just go with it. Um, today, hello, yes, on this bonus episode of And Introducing, I spoke with Sebastian Keim and Ben Green, who are two of the five poets who recently joined together to create an independent press in Brisbane, Australia, called Psychic Dairy. That's right, Psychic Dairy Independent Press, Australian. They have released a book of poetry called Beck Poems. I don't know if you might not realize what Beck Poems is about, but Beck Poems is, of course, inspired by everyone's favorite genre blending funky twangy soulful los angeles troubadour beck uh beck beck hansen i think his name is but we don't need to we don't need to know about that we don't need to care about that uh so sebastian and ben uh hit us up on our email which as always is um and uh and introducing pot at gmail.com which is always a place you can go if you want to share a fun creative project with us that maybe you want to talk about or talk about with me in a bonus episode something like that uh they hit us up they shared their project i was like oh shit i love when music inspires poetry what a vibe what a what a synergy i think that's pretty synergistic so um Am I doing, oh my God, I feel like I'm doing, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a, what, what the fuck cadence when, um, when, uh, 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 that, that guy who hosts that podcast, Mark Marin <laughs> introduces guests and he's like sort of rambling and does the, these little pauses. Anyway, uh, we had a little chat about Beck, Sebastian, Ben, and I, we talked about Beck's biography. We talked about humor and music. We talked about the poetics of the desert landscape and you can hear it. We, and I, and I, you know, we, uh, I put in some old Beck songs. So, uh, even if you don't like literally anything else in the world, I bet you probably like Beck. Um, I hope you do. Anyway, uh, here's here's the interview. Here's the episode. Please enjoy. Okay, goodbye. Hello, Sebastian and Ben. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Molly. Hello. Thanks a lot for having us, Molly. Of course. How did you both get into Beck in the first place? I, I just... Basically, like probably a lot of people around my age, you know, being a kid in the 90s, it was the Loser video, yeah, um, which I remember taping, watching over and over again, um, you know, reciting with, with my friends in high school, you know, phrases like get crazy with the cheese whiz sort of became, you know, pretty regular. <laughs> And, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then delving deeper and, and finding so much to explore in there and finding a real ethos that sort of, you know, stayed right through and probably inspired and influenced me a lot ever since then. So I've, I've really stuck with Beck right through to today. I guess the youth broadcaster in, in Australia, kind of in the 1990s, it was a national broadcaster and it took, you know, an alternative bent, I'd say. So I, I feel like Beck was always definitely present in the culture mm -hmm. and and I think you know you're always aware of the singles uh, but 
my experience of Beck and in our friendship group was always not as the the biggest fan of them and particularly um, Matt, who I, I spoke about earlier. When we were going through high school, we kind of had complementary record collections. Like there'd be some records which you both own, but someone would be more of a fan of one band and and they'd take the lead and Matt was definitely more of a fan of Beck. So I'd listen to a lot of Beck kind of at his house or borrow records from him. And, you know, back in the in a pre-streaming era when music was less accessible, you'd have that thing of it would be quite difficult to hear songs. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I remember Matt explaining to me at great length how good Satan gave me a taco was Satan gave me a taco and it made me really sick. The chicken was all raw and the grease was mighty thick. Before I ever heard it, you know, I yeah. I'd heard about three different uh, 45 minute descriptions of just everything, which was so great about the song. <laughs> you know, like that kind of sharing, it can really deepen like your appreciation of an artist um, when you have that sharing. And I think, you know, the book is a bit of a kind of celebration of that spirit of going deep into a band and, and sharing how it inspires you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so funny that you say that some of the experience of the music came from description of it, because that does sound like it. Then you're seeing poems come in from your friends slash, you know, colleagues and being like, oh, wow, I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of like a a thing with and introducing, right? It's like a, a podcast about words, about music. And I think there is that thing about when you put that extra gloss or or extra layer of commentary on top of music, it allows you to hear things in a different way and to take more things from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's sometimes writing about music gets a bad name as either just shilling a product or as, you know, self-aggrandizing criticism or something, but it, it can really open up worlds. But, yeah, that, that's that's the kind of, you know, the, the inspiration behind behind this is trying to is, is starting with friends sharing their their insights in you know in poetic terms that sort of fit the subject matter so you both have created this book that we're talking about today so i would love to hear the origin story of how it got started so the book is beck poems and it almost came about accidentally really uh, and it probably came from the dynamic between the people uh, involved in the project. I kind of stumbled across the writing of the first Beck poem because I was listening to the Beck album, One Foot in the Grave, and I was really impressed by it. And uh, two of the other people involved, Ben and also Matt, who writes the poem about stereopathetic soul manure. They're kind of uh, bigger Beck fans than I am. So people who I've always kind of gone to uh, for their view. But I was trying to communicate to them, you know, I've been listening to One Foot in the Grave a lot. I'm really getting into it. and. 
when I tried to kind of logically explain it, it never really came out. And I found mm. that I just came up with the poem, which is in the book, One Foot in the Grave. So I, I shared that um, with Matt and Ben in a group chat. And I said, you know, I've been getting into this album and I couldn't really explain it, but here's this poem which kind of explains it. And I think, you know, I've kind of invented a genre here as well, Beck poems. <laughs> and, you know, perhaps we could explore this. And I was kind of imagining, uh, you know, a future where, you know, future poets as well as writing, you know, sonnets and love poems and uh, nocturnes or something might also, you know, turn to the standard genre of Beck poems, which we'd established through exploring this. So, you know, basically putting that forward as a joke. But then a few days later, I think, Ben just sent a message uh, with the poem Mutations. which has also been collected in the book. A little while after that, I was having a conversation with my brother, Nikos, who writes some of the poems in the book, and he's always been interested in writing. And I told him that story. And then like a few days after that, I got a text message from him with the poem for Sea Change. which is in the book. So I had a sense that the idea had uh, legs, but it kind of just melted away from being um, a priority for a while until, well, this is probably the, the story about psychic dairy really now. It, it was these two ideas coming together. My wife and I have a friend in Mexico, Tonatiu Trejo, and he had a small press, and that was probably the first small press which I ever became aware of. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Esto es un libro, like this is a book, and its logo is like the the pipe by Magritte, the this is not a pipe pipe. Yep. He just put out like really interesting things. Uh, I think the first thing they did was a reprint of a book which came out in Chile in like the 80s when the dictatorship was still around, and it was called Military Intelligence, and it was like it's a 200-page book, but it's blank. So it was kind of this oblique protest against the dictatorship, which, you know, you write a 200-page book on military intelligence and there's not a single word in it. Right. But, yeah, they also had things like they reprinted paper airplanes, which the Zapatistas made um, when the army had gone to Chiapas. They had a kind of peaceful protest and the Zapatistas would throw these paper airplanes with, you know, their political slogans and propaganda on them. And they said, you know, that was their air force. So mm -hmm. one of the Turner's publications was like you get a set of the five reprints of the originals and then five which you make yourself. And just that kind of idea of um, form or content dictating form, I guess, was mm -hmm. quite inspiring. And one day my wife and I were having a conversation about like what Turner does is so cool. And she said, well, what would you do, you know, if you were doing something like that? And that was the light bulb moment where I was like, oh, you know, that Beck Poems idea, which we had, could actually become a book. So perhaps, Ben, I don't know, you can provide your perspective. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew it came from the group chat. 
Um, <laughs> but it was putting that together with something, uh, yeah, you know, much, much more inspiring and uh, into, into a different format, as probably many people have among a group of friends who are music fans. One of the things among many that, that you come to in the group chat is talking about music. And so this was just one manifestation of that that happened to grow legs and um, work pretty well. It seems like uh, Beck's biography, like his actual life, has inspired at least part of the poetry. Can you tell me a little bit about what exactly about Beck's life was so interesting or inspiring to you? He's a really interesting figure. Um, He has quite an interesting background. His grandfather is quite celebrated as a fluxus artist. Mm -hmm. And then his mother, you know, had an incredible kind of childhood. You know, she's in Warhol films. There's pictures of her hanging out with Edie Sedgwick. Uh, She, like, released a single in a band called The Whippets. There was three women in that, well, three young women in that group. One of them was Janet Kerouac, the daughter of Jack Kerouac. So it's kind of like, I think, a kind of hipster fantasy of a 60s childhood. And then his dad was a, well, is uh, a celebrated music arranger. I think his first gig was on Carol King's Tapestry and then he just kind of worked on bigger things from there. Beck didn't, he doesn't really seem to have like a a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, Childhood by any means, he grows up in East LA, it's kind of rough. And, you know, he comes up through that late 80s, early 90s underground scene, which uh, your podcast has delved into quite deeply uh, recently, you know, those currents are definitely informing him. But he navigates the 90s, that big alternative explosion in like a really, really interesting way. Um, And the records that he puts out through that period, you know, are are just really good. And yeah, I I think he's a very interesting figure to follow kind of the, the 90s and the noughties and the 2010s through because yeah, Zuvra really reflects different things which are going on at different times and also mm-hmm. kind of artistic striving as well, I think. One of the sort of interesting things about Beck is, yeah, he's, you know, he's in LA. He's kind of, to the extent that he's an artist who's making this critique of, you know, the culture industry and, and commercial culture, he's in the belly of the beast. His, yeah, his grandfather, Al Hansen, made made the Mertzbau, you know, the the art piece which was like, a sculpture made of cigarette butts and rubbish that, you know, he literally cut a hole in his ceiling so it could keep going through. Um, and, um, you know, Beck has that approach of, of gathering mm-hmm. detritus and and rubbish and trash and turning it into, you know, finding beauty, finding, navigating your way through the, the shit, basically. And, yeah. Um, but also, also having that magpie approach to, to everything's up for grabs, everything can become yours and you can participate in it. That's maybe also a part of why I feel totally okay going, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write poems about Beck and Beck songs and, and that, that feels like that's okay, that's part of the game. Almost like a like creative commons type of vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. I see that. I totally see that. I want to ask about the kind of comedy factor of Beck because there's definitely, I I read one of the poems in the collection references like memes, like internet memes and stuff. (laughs) And I do, like, I feel like Beck is also like, he's, 
he makes he has funny imagery and like is almost I wouldn't say he's like trolling necessarily but he's always there's always a little bit of edge of like uh, trying to make things funny if if they're not that that's definitely something that runs through his work so I wanted to hear your thoughts on how that might have influenced the poems yeah that um so the the poem with the memes that that's that's by our our friend Matt Smith and um that's about stereopathetic soul manure. And when we had the launch of this book uh, in Brisbane, wh- one of us read that one. I can't remember who read it, but it just it drew blanks because you oh, no. need to be you need to be extremely online to understand that. Poem. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but I guess that was he was he was making this point. Obviously, stereopathetic soul manure comes from the early nineties, from four track lo fi days, but but drawing the parallels between that mindset. And the, you know, the incredibly dank and spicy meme mindset, <laughs> uh, in it in its very best form. Yeah, the, the the pure heart of that. Drill is you know, drill is kind of the hero of that poem. Yeah, Dr- drill po- poet laureate. I think in in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So so Beck was you know way ahead of his time in you know obviously he's always. People would always use terms like postmodernist and things like that, but he was, yeah, ver- very ahead of his time in anticipating meme culture, I guess. Yeah, what do, what do you think, Seb? Because, you know, humour humor in music, it, it works or it doesn't. He, he kind of got burnt, you know, for being funny a bit. But, but I guess one thing I think of in that, I was reading something about uh, his album, The Information, mm-hmm. And it has this really long uh, song at the end, which is a multi-part suite. And then right at the end, it's got this conversation between Spike Jones and maybe Dave Eggers, I think, mm-hmm. where they're kind of talking about their what the ultimate album would be. It's kind of long and indulgent, doesn't really work. But I was reading about that and, and Beck said in an interview, yeah, we, we recorded like a whole album worth of commentary. And, you know, they were saying like, they say all this hilarious stuff like, whoa, here comes the beat. Oh, whoa, that's such a great beat. And he compared it to like the two old guys in the Muppets. Uh-huh. And when I read that, I'm like, that sounds like the worst idea ever. I'm so glad that they cut that out. But then I reflected on it and I was like, Beck is one of the rare people who actually puts like stupid stuff in songs and it sounds really cool. Like if you go back to Loser, like the Speckens of Deutsche Baby and and or or all those lines in where it's at he actually manages to to land humorous lines in what's kind of indie rock song yeah where it's at which is i can't think of many other people who do it maybe some people would say that we do Jury's out. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I love the humour. And, you know, I, I heard the Avalanches uh, saying in an interview the other day that they put the funny songs on their album because you might think that because a song's funny, the musician's not serious, mm-hmm. but actually the funny stuff actually deepens the impact of the, the beautiful, bittersweet stuff, like in the journey of an album. And, you know, I think Beck's kind of operating at that level. He knows that he can pull off different affects during the course of an album. Yeah. There does seem like there's a, it, it's a confidence thing in a lot of ways of just like daring to be 
kind of stupid or silly or, or whatever that I think he, he pulls off really well. Yeah, I'd agree. Totally. I feel like nature and landscape features pretty heavily in these poems. And I wanted to ask, you know, Beck Beck is like, he, I feel like he embodies like the California thing. And I feel like there is something in common, California and Australia in terms of like type of landscape. Did, did, do you feel this way? Like, do you have, is that like a connection that, that you both made? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, reading Jack Kerouac talking about eucalypts and I was like, oh, yeah, cool, gum trees. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so there's, there's definitely that. But um, we did, I can't remember now, but I, I remember um, looking at the, the fantastic online resource. I think it's whiskeyclone.net, which is the Beck sort of lyric site. Okay. And you can search and searching for sort of keywords when, when, when you start to realise, oh, Beck has these certain themes. And certain things, certain landscape turns, things like sun, of course, and moon, travel, suitcase, luggage. So there's there's definitely these sort of this wide open landscape. You know, like Kerouac, a very on the road kind of feel about about mm-hmm. Beck. And I think you know Seb Seb's poem, which is kind of the centerpiece of the book, which is sort of Odalay, and it's this big epic journey across deserts and different landscapes, kind of captures that. Yeah, I definitely associate deserts with Beck, like to a large extent, but it was quite like an interesting experience in the writing of it. There were some times where I was pulling my hair out thinking like, I'm just imagining, like I've got no idea what California's <laughs> like. like <laughs> um, but I guess the whole the whole thing is, you know, you're responding to something which the song is conjuring and you're trying to respond in an imaginative and honest way to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the gambit, that's the conceit, and whether it works or not, you, you've just got to commit to it and uh, go for that. But I don't know there's something dry and arid in Beck, and, yeah, we have it in Australia, but I, I do find, like, I've interpreted so much of what the United States and... Uh, the American continent is through pop music, like just through receiving images of it through pop music. And I think Beck and also those early pavement albums have just painted this picture of California and kind of like the, the edges of it, I guess the, you know, the stuff where things go bad. Yeah. That comes through in those kind of records, you know, not necessarily the sunset strip. Um, (laughs) Totally. Maybe now's a good time if um, either slash both of you want to read like a chosen poem from the collection. Shall we go with mutations? Yeah, yeah. That maybe that kind of fits the idea of you know strange lands and imagining places. So when Seb first sent me a few years ago now, Seb first sent me his poem about one foot in the grave. I was on holiday in Vanuatu. Um, and kind of on, I don't know if you know, Larium, it's like this, um, malaria drug that gets a bit trippy and you have some interesting dreams. And I remember there was an earthquake in the middle of the night, turned out to be a real earthquake, but it was all a a trippy scenario. Wow. And so that that seemed to set me up well for, for mutations. So I responded with, um, mutations. So I'll read that. The tourist feels the fans slow sweep. His gin and quinine blood rocks boat-wise. A fly? No, the curtain. Touches his leg. Letting in sun. 
and the noise of the market and the tourists in town for Carnival. Hell yeah. <laughs> Lovely. In terms of like the reading, like obviously, you know, Beck makes music, but he also has lyrics. Did you have any thought of the intention of like, obviously they're being published in a book, but like reading them aloud or hearing them aloud, was that uh, a factor in, in the writing of them or, or in other folks writing of them? I think uh, Ben's Midnight Vulture's poem is probably impossible to read aloud. Uh, it, it kind of works visually on the page. It's got lots yeah. of uh, kind of hypertext slashes. <laughs> but, you know, that, that seemed appropriate. It, it's been interesting reading things aloud when we've had like a, like a book launch or, or like this. Um, yeah. Do, how do you do it, Seb? So I'm usually not reading things aloud when I'm writing, but I have found it's a good part of the process to... Uh, when you have a draft, read it to see if, you know, the rhythms which you're uh, imagining uh, or reading in your head actually are reproduced and whether they work when the poem is spoken aloud because someone else might speak it aloud. In terms of, like, the assembly of, of the book, um, how did it all come together? When did you know it was done? That's a question I like to ask people because I feel like that's one of the hardest yeah. things about art is knowing when it's finished. I think... Pretty early on, we alighted on the concept that there ought to be at least one poem for each release. And then it seemed other poems just suggested themselves um, to kind of broaden out the book. Uh, and to some extent, like the way the project moved forward was by me just kind of gently prodding people uh, and commissioning or suggesting uh, poems, which they could perhaps write. But we did want to have that kind of quality of a chronology and perhaps an oblique portrait of Beck's career, though not an oblique portrait. Like if you want a biography of Beck, there are other books which will do that uh, in a much more linear way. It tells a story though. You know, you start with Beck's granddad, you get you get these characters like Carl comes in and Wayne Coyne and yeah, I feel like it tells a story. I, I, I think so. I, I, I like that you referenced the other the other characters in it because that, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool to Im, it, get into other people's uh, theoretical brains as, as well as uh, get into Beck's mind. Um, what's next for Psychic Dairy? So there's another book which will be coming out next. It's called The Goldsmith. It's a story. It's by uh, Nikos, who wrote three of the poems in this, and it's in probably near final draft form, I'd say the manuscript. So hope to get that out before the end of 2021, but potentially it could be early 2022, depending on how quickly that manuscript gets finalised and then, you know, the whole different process, which goes taking a manuscript into a final printed book. That's going to be the next book uh, which comes out on Psychic Dairy. Um, if, if Beck Poems is kind of like the first Wu-Tang album, then we're kind of in solo record yeah. period now. So now is the time when the Psychic Dairy uh, Collective spins out and uh, allows each different contributor to shine in a solo format. So I'll be working on another book of verse and then gently prodding uh, people to try and see what they can come up with. Yeah. I, I love that uh, gently prodding is like the the kind of main uh, apparatus of uh, running any, not just a small press, any kind of like creative uh, thing, <laughs> just, a, just a gentle prod. Well, yeah, I guess kind of like 
the whole reason that I wanted to do this and and what interests me about psychic theory is you know perhaps it's it's the indie record label ethos as well but I think Ian Mackay says somewhere in in the minor threat chapter of our band could be a life that he just wanted to document um Mm -hmm. he wanted to document what was going on and I think we want to do something which is slightly more than document which is but you know that there's people around you who you enjoy their writing you're interested in what they do and to provide a platform where you're both kind of gently encouraging and then also documenting what comes out of that because there's a lot of people who are not interested in doing creative production uh, for a living or that's not open to them but people do really really interesting things but you you're not really encouraged to do so like or the way that our society is set up it's kind of you think that there's people who do stuff for their full-time job they're the professionals that's legitimate uh, and everyone else is just a hobbyist and what they contribute you know it's just them having fun but it's not worth anyone else paying attention but I think indie record labels have been good at kind of finding a middle ground where no like other voices can be heard so that's kind of uh, the mission of Psychic Dairy in that sense. To close out, I would love to hear each of your favorite Beck songs. For mine, I think I answered this question saying uh, Pay No Mind, which is the second song on Mellow Goal. The shopping malls coming out of the walls As we walk out among the manure Um, and for me that really captures uh, well it's got that great quality of mellow gold where it's this kind of the same menacing landscape which the butthole surfers kind of walked where you know it's just this terrifying wasteland but it's also got that really kind of concrete condensed imagery that Beck manages and you know it's incredibly uh, powerful language but um, you know, give the give the finger to the rock and roll singer when he's dancing upon your paycheck. You know, just big lines in there, and I think that boils down a lot of uh, what's great about early Beck. Certainly for me, for me, it's uh, cyanide breath mint has been for a long time. Definitely, this is the wrong place to be. There's blood on the futon. There's a kid drinking fire going down to the sea. They got people to meet, shaking hands with themselves, looking out for themselves. When they ask you for credit, give them a branch. And it's sort of, you know, one of my favourite songs. And it's one of, one of those songs that I would turn to, uh, you know, for strength, basically, because it, it's kind of this song that, you know, has, you know, sort of ridiculous, absurdist, uh, humorous lyrics, but also has this real heart and uh, strength in it that 
I don't know. Yeah, to me, it really sums up, uh, you know, what I see in Beck and what I see is the power of it. When they want you to cry, leap into the sky. When they suck your mind like a pigeon, you fly. I know, I know it's the positive people running from their time, looking for some feeling. All right. That was the episode. Thank you so much to Sebastian Keim and Ben Green for talking to me about these Beck poems, which is a, a super fun and interesting way to interpret music. Don't we love it? Don't we love these words about music? I certainly do. You can find uh, Beck poems through Psychic Dairy, which I believe the URL for such a thing is psychicdairy.com.au, Australia. We're, we're going um, inter, intercontinental. We're visiting Oceania. We're finding it. We're finding it super pleasant. Um, lo- I love that. I love the international vibe. I love the continental vibe. I remember where I was when I first felt the continental vibe. Uh, yeah, you can go to that website and find those poems there if you were at all inspired by the conversation from this uh, podcast. And as always, you can find us here, uh, you know, wherever podcasts are are found and introducing, you know, soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Um, It's it's weird to say other things than the dashes, but that's just what a bonus episode is going to give you. You can find us on Twitter at and at and intro pod. You can find us on Gmail at andintroducingpod at gmail.com be getting some great emails including some people who said that they have listened to all 100 episodes of the show which is amazing love to hear that um yeah uh, uh the uh, of course you know the usual tell tell a friend about us tell a colleague um tell your mom uh if your mom is not you know if she's if she's down with the sickness as it were and uh, we'll see you real soon. Got some great shit planned for, uh, I guess this would be like September 2021. Some real good stuff. Veering away from the the, the folky DIY rock moment uh, and into some, some other really, really good words about music. So hang out and uh, see you soon on And Introducing.